Today's episode of the Teacher's Lounge, we talk about mental health with Ms. Thorpe and why the mental health of your students is so important. We also talked about how a teacher can start building a positive mental health culture in their own classroom. Welcome back to the Teacher's Lounge. Today we're with Callie Thorpe and we are talking about mental health with students. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Um, what is mental health? with students because I think too often that has kind of a negative connotation Mm -hmm. of um, whether that be therapist help or you know mental illness but in terms of middle school what is mental health? Yeah so I agree with you I think that when we talk about mental health one of the first things that comes to mind um, is just mental illnesses right depression anxiety uh, schizophrenia so some of those have some pretty negative stigmas unfortunately Um, but mental health is is actually pretty simple. Um, mental health is just our our social well-being, our emotional well-being, and our psychological well-being. So similarly to how we would take care of our, our physical body, maybe by taking vitamins or doing yearly checkups, um, mental health is just what's going on inside of our brain. Mm. So these, these checkups and updates, what are those? So for our students, you can really do something as simple as a, a check-in. Um, I have put an anchor check up anchor chart up on the board and it can just say something as simple as how are you feeling today Mm. and you can separate it into a couple different columns like nah I'm feeling okay I'm feeling a little frustrated I'm really angry Um, so literally just giving them a place where they could come up with a sticky note and you know put their initials and put where they're at Um, and I think from there you know obviously looking at your students who are struggling that day if they're comfortable having a personal conversation with you you can really gain a lot of insight into Mm. what they're dealing with. So you're putting the onus on the students themselves. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the beginning, it's it's going to fall a little bit more on you to to get them there. So you need to be the one to open the dialogue mm-hmm. on on mental health because you know for me, I'm a middle school teacher. Um, for teenagers, being in a room of 30 people and talking about your feelings <laughs> is not something that they're going to, you know, want to yeah. do willingly. But if you start the dialogue and you kind of, um, you know, quote unquote, normalize it, mm-hmm. it just becomes something in your classroom that you're okay with. That actually was my my question, though, because mm-hmm. I remember being in middle school. The last yeah. thing I wanted to talk to my teacher about was something going on with me outside of school. Yeah, yeah. How do you start? Yeah. That process. Because yeah. I can't imagine on the first day of school you've got kids ready to talk about that. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Not unless you know them already, <laughs> yeah. right? But um, I I think it's a slow process, and I think it starts with putting some serious and deliberate thought into your classroom climate mm-hmm. and what you want the room to look and to feel like. Um, and from there, I think you have to work on building relationships with your students, Um authentically, not surface level relationships, but really showing that you care about them as as humans and want to get to know them. And I think a great next step would be, you know, if you're comfortable talking about your own mental health struggles, and that could be something as simple as, you know, stress or frustration. Um, so voicing that to them, I, when I'm having a rough day, my, my students know, and I, I tell them very honestly, like, hey, I'm really struggling today. You know, last hour was really tough for me. Um, so I'm sorry if I'm, you know, maybe my patience is a little bit thin, but I want you to know where I'm coming from. So I think starting that kind of conversation really normalizes it and brings it out into the open and makes it okay. 
Do you think that is the biggest step into opening them up to talk about themselves? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. they they see this teacher and often that is, I don't want to say a position of power, but mm-hmm. it's somebody they look up to. It's a position yeah. of authority that, in a sense, like you said, normalizes it. That yeah. it's okay. You know, I might be struggling, but so is my teacher, or so yeah. is somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they need to know that as adults, we don't always have it all together, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And I think that if they see that, that we're human too, and that we understand, they're going to be more likely to come to us with their concerns. Do you think, because middle school is probably, what, 12 to 14 years old, 15 years old? Yeah. Do you think they understand the complexities that they might be going through? Do you think they (laughs) just know something's a little off today? Yeah. No, I I don't. I don't think they do. I think think all of those complex emotions... um, probably feel much stronger for them. You know, uh, sometimes they're feeling them for the first time. Um, Yeah. So no, I don't think they know. I think you have to guide them through that. I think a lot of times um, it's just anger and sadness pop out, you know, Mm -hmm. really strongly. But when we look deeper at it, like anger isn't always just anger. It might be Mm -hmm. coming from embarrassment or shame too. Right. So identifying some of those um, more like minute, smaller emotions. Do you think a lot of this stems from experiences outside the classroom, whether that be home life, whether that be what's happening on the playground, whether that feel, you know, like they don't, they're not fitting in, mm-hmm. things like that, or? Yes and no. Okay. I think that a lot of childhood trauma can come from, you know, what we're experiencing outside of school. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there is a significant amount of stressors happening in school, mm-hmm. too, whether that is you know, bullying or Mm -hmm. cyberbullying, which we deal with now, you know, um, judgment is, is a thing that happens in, in not just middle school, but school. Um, I think stressors, um, perfectionism, Mm. I think is something that we don't realize how hard that's hitting our students. So I think it's, I think it's pretty equal. I Mm. think they're facing it outside of school and inside of school. So it's kind of like a, a double whammy. Cyberbullying is, it's an interesting phenomenon to me because it's so new still. Like, social media is not that old. No. And I'm 31, and, you know, if you brought up the term bullying in middle school, that was just bullying. Like, there wasn't another way to do it, but now (laughs) I imagine that adds just a whole other layer to... I'm very thankful they didn't have that when I was in junior high. <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful I just dealt with normal bullying. <laughs> but yeah, the the permanence too of of bullying um, via social media is is tough. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that is the biggest stressor in your students' lives is bullying? No. Okay. No. Um, maybe their school life, their school mm. community. I think that I think bullying is um, a big one here. But no, I think um, being an urban educator, I think the things that our students deal with outside of school um, is intense. Yeah. Um, can you actually witness the progress your students make in terms of this mental health from the beginning of the school year to the yeah. end? Yeah, and it, it's something I get really stoked about um, because you. One thing I notice is um, you hear them using the language hmm. that that you might use. So if I say I, I'm I'm big on conflict resolution, um, so you'll start to hear them saying things like that. Like Miss Tharp, can you sit down with me? There's something I want to resolve. Right? And you're like, ah, yes, I love it. Um, or you know, we 
last year a big part um, of one of my specific classes who who had needed this we had family meetings every week and so you know at the beginning of the year it was it was very teacher-led but as the year went on it was it was very student-led and seeing them speak to each other openly and kindly and politely and try to resolve things um, without yelling was was really awesome what's that like to experience that your students kind of take control of that it rocks it (laughs) it rocks yeah it's um, it is one of the most fulfilling and coolest things you yeah. can see. It's the best part of teaching. Hmm. Yeah. So you talk about your anchor charts as one way to kind of mm-hmm. check the, the mm-hmm. temperature of the room. Yeah. Are there others that you can use to yeah. kind of check the pulse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have seen and I have done in the past um, something that I have I've seen called a safety deposit box. Hmm. Um, and essentially what it is is a shoe box or a small box Um, with a little hole in the top and you give the students anchor charts or sticky notes or small pieces of paper and it's a way for them to to reach out to you so you can you can use it multiple different ways it could be um, the student is struggling or having a problem or dealing with a complex emotion or situation and they can write a note to you and put it into the box it could also be if they're concerned about a peer So my friend is going through something and I think he or she really needs some help. Ms. Thorpe, can you check in with them or can you let our social worker know? So that's one way to do it um, privately. So the hope with those is that once they put a note in there, is the hope that there's a resolution following? Or is it just kind of, I need to talk to somebody about this regardless of what happens? Yeah, I think, I mean, resolving it would would be the best case scenario, right? But I'm not sure if, if... you know, some of these more complex like mental health situations are going to have a fast resolution. I think mental health is like such kind of a slow journey and it's definitely not linear. So mm-hmm. depending on what the problem is, um, we could have a simple resolution. Like if it's two friends who are, are struggling to communicate, right? Like I can sit down and help you work through that. We could probably do it in maybe a couple of days or so. Um, but if something is going on at home mm-hmm. and you're really struggling to understand that situation, we might need to get you in with our social worker and you guys might need to see each other, you know, more regularly. I feel like this is a big endorsement on you as a teacher in your classroom. Because this feels a lot more in depth than just like your normal tattling. Oh like yeah, Susie yeah, yeah, stole yeah. my gum, and yeah. this feels oh, like no, actual no. issues that are there. Absolutely, discussing. absolutely. And I think one thing I'm I'm glad you said that because you have to know that when you when you open up your classroom and yourself to this journey, you are going to experience situations that are hard as yeah. a teacher. So I've had students come to me with cases of um, uh, sexual assaults mm. or concerns of sexual assault. I've had students talk to me about. Um, thoughts of suicide and self-harm so you have to prepare yourself to be in those situations and know how you're going to deal with that and what you need to do so Mm -hmm. you have to kind of ready yourself for that too and taking on a lot of that emotion too you know I mean it's interesting you chose the words um prepare yourself or ready yourself Mm -hmm. because I also feel like you have to prepare and ready your classroom to come to you with that. Yeah. And that's what I feel like a lot of these checks are doing that you're providing an environment that makes it okay and even encouraged to come talk to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Your classroom climate is, is so important. And I know like as, as teachers, um, we know that the first like two to three weeks of the year are, you know, the biggest and the most essential you set up your rules and procedures and expectations. Um, but I also think taking time to to set up the, like the, for lack of a better word, like the vibe 
that you want. Like, you know, we don't we don't make fun of each other in mm-hmm. here. We're we're a family, you know, we might be a dysfunctional family, but <laughs> we're a family and you know, we don't make fun of people if they're having a rough time or just in general. And if someone's crying, it's okay. We're gonna let them cry it out and we'll help them figure it out, right? So you have to you have to set the whole classroom climate during the beginning of the school year. And I assume that's something that a, it doesn't happen on the first day of school, but no. can you notice a tangible change from the first day of school to when you feel like you're in a good spot for allowing mental health discussions in your classroom? Yes. Um, for me, I feel like late October to November, mm. um, I feel like we have established you know, our climate and our culture here, and the students feel more comfortable opening mm. up at that point. Do you ever have students open up to each other? Yes, I I feel like I see them more come to to me okay. though. I think maybe those conversations are done a little bit more privately, yeah. and I don't I don't see them too yeah. much. Um, but I, we've seen some really you know some really awesome instances of it this year with students acting as mentors for other students <laughs> just on their own, you know, yeah. um, which has been pretty cool. Hmm. So you have your anchor chart. Yep. You have your safety deposit box. Yep. Are there other ways to encourage this dialogue from the students to you? I talk about it very openly. So I know I mentioned earlier to you before we started mm-hmm. um, that I was really nervous about doing this. And um, and I felt like the nerves and the stress were making my patience uh, a little bit more thin. Like my emotions were a little bit more heightened. And so I told that to the kids very openly, like, oh my God, I have to do this thing and I'm terrified. And they were like, why? You're scared? You're an adult. You're not scared. I'm like, I'm legit scared, you know? So I'm very honest with them about about that, like on the daily, you know, or um, I lost my father when I was pretty young and they know about my experience with that and grief and how I handled it. So I, I talk about it, you know, as often as it, it pops up, I'm, I'm appropriately transparent. Mm-hmm. And I notice the more I talk about it, the more they talk about it. And they'll come up to me and say, Miss Thorpe, I'm having a really hard day today mm-hmm. and I need to just chill out. Mm-hmm. And I think noticing that as a teacher, like, yes, we have so many standards to hit and we mm-hmm. have so much test prep to do, but they need that break sometimes, yeah. you know, and if you need 30 minutes to put your head down, do it and I think mental health in general is something that just on the surface it can affect test scores but a lot deeper Mm -hmm. than that it affects so many other things like if you're really struggling with an issue and you feel like you can't talk to somebody and that's why I think that's the the biggest point of getting this out in the open Mm -hmm. is maybe not solving it to its core but at least Mm -hmm. it's being heard and addressed moving Mm -hmm. forward Mm -hmm. and too often I do think things get buried and we're just looking at test scores yeah. And that's too bad sometimes. Yeah. But even honestly, if you do just want to look at it in that light, like if academic success is your your only goal, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that um, mental health does affect that. It, it affects how you, you think, how you feel, how you react to situations. Um, if, if you are so caught up in what's happening, you know, let's say you have a, a problem at home, mm-hmm. how are you going to concentrate yeah. in here? Right? And that's, I'm glad to hear you say that because... At National Heritage Academies, we put it on T-shirts, we put it on banners, mm-hmm. you know, educating head and heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm glad to see that that's not a just a moniker we put on things. No. Um, because I do, I think it's too important to, mm-hmm. 
again, test scores are important, yes, but mm -hmm. educating the whole student. Mm -hmm. you know, eventually, you have to turn these kids over to the next grade, and they go to high school, and then yeah. they enter the job force and college. And you know, I had a teacher tell me not that long ago, elementary and middle school is a place to you learn how to learn and you learn how to deal with things. Yeah. Yes, the material <laughs> is important, but when you get yeah. to high school and college and the workforce, the real world, you're going to have to harken back on these experiences and remember how you dealt with them. Yeah. And if you are just constantly bottling things up, that's probably going to happen when you get older, too. Right, right. I think, too, it, it, it affects, um, it affects like, discipline, you know, at the school and behavior concerns here, too. A lot of our fights stem from just miscommunications and, yeah. and misunderstanding. So if we put some focus on, like, conflict resolution or, you know, co healthy coping skills for, for anger and frustration – you know, the hope is that they're going to default to one of those instead of defaulting to a physical confrontation. And I, I truly think that if we put the spotlight on, on mental health awareness more, we would see a serious decline in, in negative behaviors or behavior infractions. How long have you been a teacher? This is my 10th year. Was mental health a focus all 10 years or is this something you've kind of learned and... <laughs> I wish I could say it was, but no, no, I would say in, you know, in about 2014, I, um, I started my own mental health wellness journey and it, it became a concern and a focus in my life. And I also transitioned during that time into urban education. I was a suburban educator previously. So I'm starting my own journey, transitioning into urban education. I'm starting to look at statistics of how high you know, trauma, trauma experiences are for urban youth. And I realized how important it was. You know, I had so many kids after, because I have, I have very good relationships with my students. Mm -hmm. So I was having kids come to school and tell me, you know, my cousin died. Mm. Um, my parents are separating. My my dad's gone and I haven't seen him in These are big, years. heavy things for middle school kids. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I realized, like, this is something I need to do something yeah. about. Like, I'm having these problems, you know, and I'm a... 25 year old person at the mm -hmm. time and I'm struggling to deal with it you know but I have therapy and I have a really strong family unit and mm -hmm. support systems and I can read a self-help book right <laughs> but they don't have that you know most of them don't anyway um and so I needed I needed to be that support for them and I needed to open their eyes up to to some of the things that they could do and, and that's when it started for me so when it started we realized you need to do more in the classroom around this topic mm-hmm how do you start? Well, I would encourage um, classroom teachers, if they have not done this before, have not heard of it before, to look into the I Wish My Teacher Knew movement, mm. which I I believe started about five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. it, it was um, a, kind of a hashtag I saw going around Instagram. And the idea is that you give your students a an index card, and this is done anonymously, and the sentence starter is, I wish my teacher knew. Hmm. And it is based on, you know, emotional things or complex things. So I always, uh, when I when I do the activity, I say, you know, if I were you guys and I was a middle school student right now, um, that's when I lost my father. So I mine would say, I wish my teacher knew that I still really miss my dad hmm. and I have really hard days, mm -hmm. right? And I would turn that one in. And so that kind of sets the tone and they can dig a little bit deeper. It's not just, you know, I wish my teacher knew I really love Fortnite. Yeah. You know, you want to get a little bit yeah, more of the, more you know, depth, the meat yeah. and potatoes of it. Um, I would encourage, encourage any teacher who has not um, explored mental health in the classroom to start there. 
And I feel like that's a nice kind of you're not completely restructuring your classroom. You're right. just kind of dipping your toe in. You're providing yeah. an opportunity for the students to do it themselves where it feels yeah. like they're providing it without because this is something that is very important, but I can I have a, I would imagine can feel a little daunting to a teacher Absolutely. that wants to start. Yeah. So I feel like that's a really good exercise to yeah. start. Yeah. And I think um, prepare yourself for when you read them yeah. <laughs> for some tears. <laughs> but when you read them and you see what these beautiful little humans are going through every day, it is going to solidify the importance of mental health in the classroom. Yeah. And I think it will. I know it did push me to incorporate more of it in. So that's where I would start. 